Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and I can't believe I'm even able to talk. I am have been in rehearsals for eight hours a day and uh, just spent this past weekend learning my lines. I haven't left, I didn't leave the house the entire weekend, Um, but I'm really excited about the show. This show this week on Kill Me Now is my uh, part two of my interview with the incredible, the talented, the amazing human being known as Wilson Cruz, who I fucking adore. But just so you know, I have been working my ass off on my off-Broadway show. Yes, I can say that at 59E59. If you are in New York between March 4 and April 16, you have to come see the show. It is so important. I've been working so hard. B.D. Wong is an amazing director, and I wrote it with my friend Eddie Sarfati, who's a Jew. What a journey. My head is pounding. By the way, 
I've been taking my my ADD medication, my Ritalin, every day uh, because this is a huge. I mean, my brain hurts. It's you know, it's hard to remember lines. I just you know, I forget. So I'm really excited though. So you better get your fucking asses there. And as I read more and more about Ron fuck asshole piece of shit DeSantis and banning books and and just erasing black history. I fucking, I can't believe the direction we're going in and these motherfucker Republicans. Uh, I hope you also enjoyed the uh, Saturday's National Day of Hate. The fuck is that shit? You know what I hate? I hate when people look down at their phone while they're walking down the street. It's really fucking annoying, so stop it. And if you live in New York City and you're walking up the subway stairs and you're staring at your phone and walking really slow, I'm going to, I swear, I'm going to lose it one time and someone's going to get hurt. So that's my national day of hate. But anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's it. I have been really, I can't even answer emails or see people. I am literally completely focused on, yes, I can say that at 5959. So you better get your fucking asses there. It's a very important show and yours truly is starring in it. So that's that. Um, oh, Elisa brought in some raspberries, ate them all and then left the container here. So that's my lava. Um, anyway, uh, I think that's all I have to talk to you about because my brain hurts and I can't really think of anything else besides the fact that I love Wilson Cruz and I really hope that um, you enjoy part two of our conversation. He's just he's just a f- special person. And you're all special for listening to my podcast. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of my conversation with the one and only Wilson Cruz. You start shooting and your father sees... Yeah. The character. So we didn't speak. We didn't speak for that whole year. And, you know, it's funny, Winnie and I, Winnie Holzman uh, and I have talked about how this happened. And and she doesn't remember if it's because she knew what had happened to me or if this was something that she had wanted to do anyway. But Ricky goes through a very similar experience where he's thrown out of his home um, and is homeless at Christmas. That episode airs on like December 10th or something like that of 94. Yeah. And um, as the credits are rolling, my phone rings in my apartment. Um, And it's my dad. And I can hear like the credit, like, you know, the 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 music in the background. And he goes, I think it's time for you and I to talk. And I said, okay, okay. And he said, why don't you drive out this weekend? So I did. I picked up a six pack of beer because I know who my father is. What kind? Um, uh, Budweiser. Mm. He's a Bud guy. Okay. And uh, we sat in my childhood bedroom with a six pack of beer. And I said to him, before we even begin this, I need you to feel like you can ask me anything. And I need to feel like I can answer you safely. And with that as a foundation, um, we had one of the most honest and vulnerable 
on both sides conversations I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. Um, my father and I growing up were strangers in the same home. We barely spoke to each other. I think he didn't know what to do with me and I didn't know what to do with him. And he was just trying to make money to help us survive. And he worked nights. So he slept all day. And, um, but this was the first time where I feel, I feel like we saw each other as humans and we've never looked back from that. I love that. I love, was it easier for Josh, your brother, Josh to come out? No, I wish I could say that it was. Wow. It, you know, cause it could have gone either way. It could have gone. Okay. I get it. Or, Oh, you fucking kidding me. Yeah. Um, I mean, his story is, is for him to tell, but you right. know, he, he went through a really hard time and, um, I tried to be there as much as I could for him because I was in L.A. and in New York because I was I was doing a movie. I was doing all over me in New York when all of his stuff went down and he was in California. He ended up moving to Florida to be with my grandparents and he went he finished high school out there. Wow. Um, And, you know, I don't want to tell his story. It's his story, like I said. But but my brother and I. I know a lot of people who have, you know, siblings who are also gay or lesbian and trans and sometimes it goes it goes really well and sometimes it doesn't right but my brother and I have the kind of bond that um it's the thing that I value the most in my life right is my friendship with, with your my brother, brother. Yeah. and also he has a son named Cruz I fucking yes. love him I love yes. and you look alike and he's adorable. Um, he is. And he's incredibly talented. And um, we just spent a month in France because his partner, his husband is French. Oh, fuck so you. we just, I'd never been. It was my first time. And my my he nephew and I so bonded. Jealous. He was, it was oh, an amazing Oh, I bet. Trip. I bet. So, I, you know, as I was reading all about you, I was like, his father's gay, you know? Or he... You know, My father's definitely not gay. No, but or uh, he there's something about homosexuality that is, you know, I think it's him so much yes. or, I, or I honestly think it's a it it is cultural. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, there are gender norms that are so instilled and so part of. Puerto Rican culture when he right. was growing up, um, you know, I think and, Latin culture in general, you know, yeah, and, and, you know, we can't understate, especially given what happened today, the, the influence of the Catholic church, right. Pope came out and said, you know, homosexuality is not a crime, right. Say it wasn't a sin, right. He, he said, said it, it was, was a crime, crime that these, that these laws around the world that, uh, that we see are popping up, um, shouldn't exist. So anyway, we can't understate the influence of the, of that church um, on 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 Puerto Rican culture, you on, know on Latino You're culture right. in general. You're right, and um, you know, but my my dad also knows that he knew gay men in the past, right? right? There were people that he knew were gay, they just didn't talk about it, and I think that's what he wanted. He was like, I think there was part of him in his head that thought, well, maybe my son is gay, but everybody doesn't need to know. And here I was, <laughs> Play, right. Telling everybody, his- you know what I mean? Right. So, and he thought it was a reflection on, of him. He thought it, my sexuality had something to do with him. And I right, had to of course. clear that, clear that it up. It was all about him. 
after my so-called life, which, mm. you know, <clears throat> oh, that when that got canceled, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know it was harder for you to get work and you realized, yeah. wow. As you had mentioned earlier, there's no people of color on like, it's interesting that, you know, ABC, when I was, we were, to, we were on the same lot and we became mm-hmm. friends cause I was obsessed with the show, but this was the first Asian American family on, and then, you know, we had my so-called life and you know, it's not like you got a plethora of plethora of work. I mean, think about Jared Leto or Leto. Is it Leto? Leto. Yeah. Claire Danes. I mean, they became stars huge. And you were out and it wasn't the right, you know, it wasn't a, well, it was easy. I mean, I wouldn't say it was easy for them, but it was, it was easier in some sense in the sense that when they went in, when they got called in for roles, those were the people they, that, that those creators pictured in their head. Right. When I got called in for stuff, my job was convincing them of two things, right? That the person that they dreamt of when they wrote this doesn't necessarily have to be that person. Right. And that that person could be me, right? right? Somebody like me. You know, and I tell this to young actors all the time. I I come from the school where I'm going to fit myself into a role. I'm not going to put on a role. Right. Because especially in TV and film, they don't usually know what they want. Exactly. You, it's your job to tell them it's you. Um, and so it's a higher hill to climb when someone like me, uh, like us. So it's a little more work. Um, and there's just less opportunity. Right. You know? It's and I, it's the same. I have the same thing. And it's like every eight, you're a you're, well, you're a type. No one writes for you. You know, right. it's like, hey, why don't you take a look at Judy? And they're like, oh, that might be an interesting choice. Right. It's never Judy. You know, right. and, yes. and I'm always I'm always an interesting choice. Right. Oh, that's right. interesting. I didn't oh, think of that. I didn't even. Wow. That could. Yeah. Let's see her. And then it's always like, let's see what mm. she does with this. Go fuck right. yourself. Right. And it's uh, all it's not like, oh, I'm excited to see Judy or Wilson. Right. It's, right. Uh, right. Oh, let's see what they do. Not. Oh, this is going to be the one. You know, you always walk in with a couple of strikes against you before you even walk in the door. Exactly. So you have to wow them. You end up working. And then this is such a fascinating thing that you did. So in 2010, you have sort of a lull in your career and um, you get a job offer at GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, the Gay and Lesbian uh, Association Against Defamation. Alliance. Alliance. Although it's whatever. they're not even going by that anymore. Right. It doesn't include us all. Right. So. Um, yeah. I had done Rent. Uh, I had done a season of Party of Five. Um, and I was like doing like everybody's guest star. <laughs> you know. That's ER. what I, I'm the perennial guest star. Yes. ER. Like, oh, we'll put you. Yeah. West Wing. And, you know, and I, and Allie McBeal. I mean, I would, right. I would always like, and I would make a dent. Right. But 
like I said, there weren't a whole lot of opportunities. How many times were they like, oh, you're going to come back. You're going to come. They used yes. to fucking do that all the time. Oh, I love but they this. Did. Yeah. They did. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, they did. Yeah, fuck you. I did too, um, but yeah, not a lot. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, but it wasn't, all, it wasn't always. But right. um, so anyway, so my brother was going through a rough time uh, and I was like, you know what? What am I doing here in LA? I'm not, I can't get arrested. Let me just go to New York and see, you know, if I can start something there. And while I was there, um, I ran into um, the pre- the new president of GLAD at the time, Herndon Graddick. And um, he was like, why don't you come work for us? And I was like, what am I going to do for you? Anyway, so he we, we talked about it. Um, I was an, I was an advocate and an activist anyway. I also wanted to work in terms of expanding visibility for our community within the industry. And here was an opportunity to just do it as opposed to waiting around for someone to have those conversations. And he was willing to allow me to have these conversations. Like I found myself in offices. I would never be like the, the C offices, the C-suite offices of universal. And right. And you're, and, and I read that you were like, I got to, say ask these people why why yeah. don't you have parts for us yeah what is the you know like i had a whole a meeting fucking opportunity like you're always like you just want to go to the boss of the boss of the boss and go do you realize you know because no yeah. one takes is no one's accountable it's always the person above them and you're at that fucking apex asking these people so what's your fucking problem essentially yeah so i mean i had a meeting it's funny because now i work for cbs basically but i had a meeting at cbs with nina tassler who's amazing yes you know and what i what i what i learned was these people actually are on our side they want to make these changes they want to include more people but they feel like their hands are tied there were there was no one working creatively behind the scenes creating this uh the kinds of projects that could get greenlit um, because nobody, because they thought that nobody was going to watch them, so they right. needed to be something big that hit that allowed them to point to it, you know, and say, "Oh, look, this works." So there, right. the, then we have the will and graces of the world that come along, right? And so we can point to that. But there was nothing, you know, of people of color or any. You had to. There was my job was expanding their view of who those people could be, and it was two years of like conversations with each network with each studio head, with the affiliates, right? Like those, the people in, in, in the, in the Midwest, the yes. who, who would, um, you know, who wouldn't be happy, you know, if they, they, if the shows they were, that were getting greenlit weren't getting audiences. So anyway. But it's also that, the, you know, if something was in, was syndicated, there were markets that wouldn't take, you know, like you're in every market except for white supremacy market in, you know, right. Look at North 30 Dakota. When, right. When 30 something uh, had uh, uh, two men in, in the same bed, like Miss, the stations in Mississippi and Alabama wouldn't show it. Right. You know, there was like a, a backlash. So anyway, so by the time I left uh, Glad in 20... 12, 13, 14, 2014, 14. we had a uh, pose, right. we had, you know, uh, Glee, we had all of these shows that were leading to a more complete picture of who we were.
Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked to my apartment. What was the first thing I did? is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Okay, I, I have you have to tell me what was it like walking, you know, walking into these offices. First of all, what did you wear a suit? Were you? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you and would you go by yourself or you had people no, there to go, support sometimes, you? Sometimes the president would be there with me. Right. Or I had I'd have other staff with me. It, they was, you know, t- to be honest with you, it was always like they were there. They were letting us have this meeting at first. Right. right? It was perfunctory for them. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then and then we would get into it. Right. And, you know, Glad has these, um, you know, we grade all of the networks and all they do. They grade all of the networks and all of the studios. And so we could go in with statistics and numbers and show them how they could do better, where they did great, point to things that they did great, but also say like, you aired this episode where, you know, this was offensive or I don't want to get into specifics, but we call them out on it and then give them the opportunity to defend themselves or show us how they were going to do better. Right. Um, And sometimes they just were like, oh, we didn't know that that was offensive or, you know. What was, did you ever get like a really like surprising defensive. reaction and defensive um, and like, you know, what, fuck you, you know, like whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how these people behave, but. I mean, I wouldn't say that people got, no, but nobody got like fuck off or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that there were people who kind of shrugged it off. Sure. Um, and paid some lip service and oh, didn't so really annoying. do anything until they saw someone else succeed at it. And then suddenly they wanted they wanted in too. Did you um, ever call anyone out for that or 
Did you have to no, be? I mean, I mean it's we so had to, yeah, because we political. Had to, yeah. Yes, because we needed to continue to have access to them to continue to have the conversation. But again, this takes me back to like being a kid and adapting and reading right. the room. Read in right? the room. Like, yes, I, I could read a room. I could be charming or I could be a bit of a professor if I needed to be. Right. These people, or bring my hammer, you know? It's, right. You know, CBS was, was, was tough because they were always oh at the God. bottom. They were always at the bottom of the the grading curve. So those conversations got boring really fast. And I would say it towards the end. I was like, I'm really exhausted with this conversation. Right. Because you wore me the fuck out. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I come in here every year and nothing moves. And now, of course, they have like the largest sci-fi LGBTQ cast right. on television that I'm We a gotta of. get a less. <laughs> where are the lesbians? Where are the 55 plus lesbians? Come on, have, fuckheads. We have Tig Notaro on our show. Oh, that's who got it. <laughs> I auditioned. <laughs> I need, come on. I know. Gay no, I Maud, don't, that's not gay Maud, Lesbian yes. Maud, you fuckheads. Come on. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Anyway, it was a very interesting job, you know. Um, and and it also took you, so you 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 know, it took you away a little bit from the grind and the and, and you know, it's just so interesting. I think psychologically for you, and it would be for me that like, okay, so my career's kind of in a lull, but I get to confront the people, you know, like most people are career in the role, their career is in a lull, and they sit there. What did I do? Why is this not? And you go through these fucking head games, but you are proactive in saying, I mean, like who gets that fucking opportunity to yeah, go in and there and what say, I, what the fuck? And that's I how working. I saw it. Yeah. I, you know, and I never made it about me. I really, right, didn't. Right. I, but I did make it about me in, in a general sense, which is I don't see people like me on TV. Right. I don't. And, and you know, I, I see a lot of people like me on the street. So, you know, they're in the world. Why can't our screens, whether big or small, actually reflect the world that we live in? And that was my go-to line, right? right. Like, and I would, I would say this every time. I was like, how in the hell do you do a show in New York City about six friends? Oh! Not one of them is a person of Hallelujah. Oh my God. And they apologize. They apologize. Of course. Of course. But at the, but when I was saying it back in 20, you know, 12 or whatever, they looked at me like I had three heads. Right. You know, crazy. Um, And just because representation is everything. It's we as a culture found that acceptable for way too long. The fact that that, that, that is only changing somewhat now is shocking to me. That we, you know, that that the networks and the studios at this point are like, oh, we should probably have more than just white people in this. <laughs> right. And 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 it's so funny because I as I said before earlier, that I watched the pilot and and I was mostly curious to see how they handled you and mm. your character, Ricky Vasquez. And you know, it's just so funny the buy when they taught when when um What's her name? Claire Dane's parents talk Best about. Armstrong, yeah. Yeah. Patty. Talks about, wait, what do you mean? Bi? How do you know? And the, the little sister knows what bi means. And she's like, yeah. that means bi. What? What's going Like, it's like, oh my God. 
you like you're totally. a fucking heroin addict. Exactly. Um, yeah, it yeah, it's it's just I have a really interesting question that I okay. another thing I've never asked anyone and you know that I kind of have an issue with a little bit. I I came out in 96 in straight comedy clubs uh and talking about how I had had a kid and I'm a lesbian and blah 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 blah. And I felt the shift in the audience and I I definitely was I was similar to you in the fact that I how I'm not I can't fucking fake this shit. You know, like I can't go on stage and be like, hey, my, you know, oh, I'm dating like I couldn't do it. And so and at that time, I was asked to do, you know, I would get, oh, can you host this and can you host that? And can you we're, here's an award and here's the gay and lesbian family award and, you know. And then people started coming out, but they came out after they made their money, mm-hmm. after they knew they were settled, after they knew that, you know, it was safe, it was safe. And what are your thoughts on that? And that now, Wilson, I'm telling you, I don't even get invited to half of this shit. Like I won a Glad Media Award and now I don't even get invited, you know, I don't even get invited to the women's event at the gay and lesbian center. I used to host it all that. Like, I don't understand. I really would love to discuss your thoughts on that. And I understand it's a safer thing to do. And, you know, you could lose everything and blah. We all get it. But I mean, I think there's less of that now than there ever has been. Right. Um, And I just wish I waited till I, I made money. <laughs> All I can see about that in, in terms of myself was like, I didn't have the luxury of that because I don't know that I, if I, I, I don't know that I could have hit it if I wanted to. Right. Right. Like who the hell was I going to fool? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I think homophobia and fear um, are very real things that people deal with. I, and I, I'm thinking of specific actors who I know who came out later, who talked to me about, you know, their very conservative families and the, their own self-hatred that they hadn't quite dealt with, which always, which, which lit something in my brain, which was, do I want anybody who's not ready to talk about these issues to come out before they are? Because right. we have seen people <laughs> who were not ready for prime time asked about LGBTQ issues, what it's like to be out in the in the industry and didn't have enough self-awareness or self-love to speak to it in a way that was educational and right. um, helpful and helpful it, it, to yeah. the movement, right? So, you know, my go-to answer about this is people come out when they're ready, but also when they're ready to do the work. Because right. we don't, we, we, when we do come out, whether you like it or not, you're representing a community. Um, and you're, and you especially have the eyes of young people on you. So that's so true. We have to be responsible in that on that platform. 
it's it's so good that you say that because I I you know I'm doing a new show, a new Broadway show, off Broadway show, Broadway. I wish. Um, well, I'm putting it out there. Moving it's to gonna Broadway. Happen. It's uh, gonna about happen. you know called yes I could say that's about my it's based on my book but it's really my book coming to life and and oh I God. talk about so yeah free speech and and a lot of it is it was you know coming out and how that affected my career but that whole representation the fact that I now have young well kids in their 30s really who say to me I saw this loud funny woman talking about being gay and having kids and I was like what you know like and you also have that letter from uh a young and I love that it was before social media but you have yeah. a, a handwritten letter with from a a a, a young gay kid essentially yeah. who saw who Ricky Vasquez had a huge, the character had a huge effect on him. And there are teardrops on, on, on the, the on the paper. Yeah. I mean, this was, yeah, before social media and um, it, it would come, you know, we weren't at a studio. We were at like these warehouses in West LA. And so the, the fan mail would come into this, to the studio, to the office. And I didn't get a ton. Right. And I think, I think a lot of that is because, you know, these young people. Yeah. yeah, it's the same reason why when we would go out and um, people would young kids would come up to the other actors, but nobody right. would kind of come up to me because they didn't want people to think, you know what I mean? Oh, like, you know, yeah. Oh, like, they didn't oh. want to out themselves. Yeah. Right. Or have but, to explain that. Yeah. But on a, in a letter, you know, there's yeah, um, there's the ability to be what's the word? anonymous. Yeah. Um, and so I I got this letter from this young man. In, I think it was Iowa. I have the letter somewhere. It's wow. in storage. But um, and he writes in this letter, you know, how shocked he was to see this. And because he he honestly felt like he was the only one in the world who felt this way. And on the page, you can see where his teardrops fell oh. on the page and kind of smudged the ink. And that to me was the whole point right that like, has to go it. in your in your autobiography you have to take a picture of that yeah you know some people enjoy composing their own music chord by chord and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song work is not a lot different than that whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. You're now on Star Trek. Yeah. Um, Discovery. Discovery that I auditioned for, but Tig Notaro got the part. You did? Yes. And you're with another gay actor, Anthony Rapp, I who I fucking love. What's not to love? What is not to love? Who I opened mean, his show um, off Broadway? Oh, yes. Off Broadway. I want to go see that. Um, did you see it yet? I haven't because there's a there are a couple people coming in from Canada, from from, the, from Toronto to come see it. So I'm going to go see it with them like in the next I'll couple of weeks. I'll have fun with them. You're but you should friends. come with us. I will. I will. Going full circle. 
you know, thinking about everything you've gone through. You are now on Star Trek Discovery with a lesbian, mm-hmm. another gay man, mm-hmm. and yourself. And I'm sure there's plenty of other out gay people non, there. A, a non-binary act, uh, actor. Uh, two uh, of trans, the, uh, yeah. Trans, trans actor. actor. Um, and we have openly LGBTQ people playing straight, uh, presumably straight roles, uh, in the cast as well. So, I mean, and, you know, we were led by an African-American woman who plays the first African-American woman captain on our show. So, and yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable cast. It is the cast that I used to talk about. Why can't our screens look like like the people in the world? Yes. The only thing missing is a tall Jewish lesbian on that fucking ship. Yes, I agree. Who's going to do the finances? We're spending too much money here. Um, No, it's a dream. It's a dream. It really is a dream. Like, you know, I got killed off, you know, and they brought me back. And he's it's just been a really fascinating actor, uh, a character to play for an actor. Right. Like, right. was endlessly fascinating to me. And I've gotten to imagine what it's like to come back to life. Right. And the whole storyline, my arc for the last now five years has been an analogy and I've talked about this before for my friends. And I know you have some of these two who were given a death sentence in the, in the early nineties right. and, you know, had prepared themselves for, death. Oh yeah. Picked out caskets. Yes. And spent all the money. Right. And then the drugs came and they were given a second lease on life. Right. And started to look at their lives and go, oh, well, now that I'm going to live, what works? What doesn't work? Does this relationship still work? Right. Am I, do I still want to do what I'm doing for a living? Do I want to even live here? Like what, how can I create the kind of life that I deserve? And that's been his journey and finding that that with his partner. And that's the journey of the fucking COVID for so many people. Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, it's been great. Like, you know, he's the doctor and he's taken on um, the duties as counselor on the ship as well. And those conversations are really fascinating to do. So just as an actor, it's been a gift. Like I'm a completely different. And it takes nine or 10 months. It's, so you're well, only off we were, like a couple months. Well, now, we're, now we're only doing six, uh, I mean, 10 episodes. So we're doing six months. Oh, okay. That's uh, good. It's better now. But when we were doing 13 to 15, I was oh, up there nine that. months out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking so of fucking freezing. Season five, I think, will be out uh, early summer, I think, is what I mean. <laughs> I love you so much. First of all, I love you so much. I love you. And I feel like you're my little brother. And I am. Oh, I just adore you. Um, and we're okay. still here. We're and it's so funny because Elisa's like, what's with, you know, because Elisa, my lover, when we I saw you at Joe Allen, she immediately picked up on like, what was that? Like, I'm just like, he's, you don't understand, you know, I love because, you know, you meet you. I, she's always meeting people that I worked with, like, you know, 20 years ago that she, she never met. She's like, who was that? And then, but that she felt, you know, whatever. OK, so. um I always ask my podcast guests two questions. Yes. I think I know the answer to one. But anyway, what do you do for your mental health? 
We're very pro mental health. I ha- I don't know if you could see this picking of my fingers lately because I'm mm-hmm. in the middle of my show, right? Rewriting the script. But yeah, I have a lot of anxiety. I have a wonderful older gay man who's my therapist who I speak to every Thursday. What time? Cognitive behavioral therapy. I love CBT. <laughs> I love CBT. It saved my fucking life. Oh, Isn't it the I, best? It's everything. I speak to him every Thursday at five o'clock. Um, and Ew. I used to say, I used to say that um, <clears throat> before I met him, I was like, oh, I'm spiraling. I'm spiraling. Right. And now I know what that means. It means that I'm catastrophizing, right. which is what I do. And so now I catch myself going, bitch, you're catastrophizing. Right, none right. Of that, none of that is real. Happen. Right. Yeah, it's all fear. I know. That's oh. what I love about CBT. It's like, you're like, I just made that whole fucking thing up in my head. Yes. Yes. And I've prepared my entire body right. and my finances and my relationships for this thing that may not happen. Right. Right. So um, he's amazing. I love him. So I do that. And, you know, I have a very extensive yoga practice that I start my day I know. With every day. And you my have gym. such a hot body. You know, and I'm a less. I'm going to say thank you. But, you know, I'm getting older and. Oh, God, don't even to, start. Don't even saying, with you know, the fucking getting things older. Things are harder. Things are Look harder. at my neck. Look at my fucking neck. I don't know. What you that can means. grow a beard. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just I'm just can't. saying I'm just saying that, you know, the, the the pressure that I've put on myself throughout you know the last 10 years to look and be a certain way, you know, that's all, that that can only go on for so long. So I've, I've had to, like, reframe it for myself. And my new frame is I'm going to be as fucking healthy as I possibly right. can be. Right. Now, Whatever that means. I just looked at myself in the mirror at the gym and i was like like you just sometimes if you just stop and look and you go wow (laughs) yeah this this leg is 60 years old like (laughs) and then there's some parts of my body i'm like oh that it's so fucking annoying aging um and and it's and we're so hard on ourselves i know know. i'm really hard on myself i see things that nobody will ever i ever look at i know you know and you know just recently in the last two years i found out that I have a shorter leg and that my body has been overcompensating for it. And there's all this stuff going on and my back kept going out. It's a whole oh, thing. Same. Right. Oh yeah. So, I have one leg know. that doesn't straighten. I have to get a knee replacement. So what? I've been walking around with a leg that's bent and now it's kind of, you know, caught up with me. So yeah, don't, don't get older people. That's my advice. Just, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. And you know, I call the podcast Kill Me Now because, as yes. you know, everything gets on my fucking nerves. So what pisses you off more than anything, like makes it, it could be anything. It could be like it, it sounds trivial. And I know no, I love it, trivial ones because that's the ones that peeve. fucking get. Yeah, go. It's my pet peeve. If I say we're meeting at three o'clock. And you show up at three fifteen. You're communicating to me that my time is not important to you and that you have little respect for me. You didn't call, you didn't text. You know, we have all this technology to let me know. I'm rushing. I'm building my entire day around. I told Judy I was going to be there at 315. I'm going to be there at 315 because I'm sure that she has a lot to do. 
Right, because you think of other people. Now, I yes. have had, I'm going to be brutally honest, I've had a problem with the being on time. And now, but at I least am call, on time. At least text. I least always something. do. But I, you know, my therapist and, you know, finally was like, you love the drama. You love that drama of being fucking late and, and rushing. And I, and I say to myself, I fucking hate this. But I honestly don't know what to do with like being early, you know, like, oh, my God, I have two minutes. I'm not learning something for those two. You know what I mean? It's so fucking mental. I will also say this, that since my brother has become a parent, I have become more understanding. (laughs) Right. Yeah. With kids, it's really hard. It's really hard. I get it. And and, you know, as I've gotten older, I've I've been less, but it does drive me nuts. And maybe it's not 15 minutes, but if, but like the people who show up like a half hour. Now that's fucking, that is bad. And and then don't even acknowledge it. Right. That drives me nuts. No, that's fucking rude. Fuck you. And I think it's because I had choir teachers and acting coaches who were like, you know, on time is late. Get there 15 minutes early. Right. Like that, that I'm always getting there. I'm always the first one. That's the other thing. I'm always the first one to show up anywhere at a dinner, at a party. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> the guy. I put it in my like, I'll, I put, help, I'll help set up. <laughs> I put everything in my calendar 15 minutes early. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I do. Yes. Nice. Same. It's trivial. I know. I'm sorry. No, I like it. It's not trivial. It's, it's true. It's about respect. It is about respect in the long run. Yes. When am I going to see you? I need to see you. Let's hang. Okay. And you're coming to my show? Yes. When I'm gonna, is that? It, well, it starts, previews start May, March 4th. Yes. It opens March 21. It runs till April 16th. At I will 59, be there. 59. I will be there with bells on. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm going to get you with that fucking opening night. Um, yes. Let's do it. You're, I'm there. Baby boy. I love you so much. I love um, you back. All right. Where can people follow? I really hate social media. That's my fucking. Well, and it's gotten even harder, right? Since fucking Elon Musk's. What about Twitter? Everything. It's like, I don't even know what. And, it's you know, a cesspool. I used to go on to read. I was like, oh, what happened? What happened? And now I get the same people I fucking that drive me up a wall same. on my feed. And I don't even follow them. I don't even same. follow them. What it's the like fuck? they changed the algorithm yeah. or something. And I don't know. But but the thing is, is like, you know, then I was like, oh, I'm going to move over to this, you know. I did. I just, yeah. And it's not the same. Right. Like someone really smart and rich needs to figure out how to create a good. Right. One. A good one. A, a good. A, a gooder. Yeah. <laughs> a better, better. alternative. Yes. Um. So I'm on I'm W Crew 73 both on Twitter and because you were born in 1973. That's right, and it was 19. and I had that handle before I knew that it was going to be a problem for me not just have Wilson Cruz, but now someone else has it. So now I'm oh w yeah, they always do that. All right, um, so that's me, and I'm on the Facebook, but that's really where I speak to my mother. I think yeah, that is a very <laughs> and I don't put personal shit up like I don't. No. I hate the people that do. They put them pictures of themselves in the fucking hospital. And then they're like, and then they're like, wish me luck. And they don't fucking tell you what's wrong with them. It's like, how much attention do you need? Right. Yeah. So true. I need your prayers tonight. I I need your, shut the fuck up. All right. Anyway, (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to part two of my conversation with Wilson Cruz. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling, and marketed and everything else is done by Brittany Joe Sowards. Richmond. Um, I really appreciate all of you listening. I do. I did get a text. I'm just letting you know that I'm t- I took a photo of it of someone who wrote to me because if you're still listening then you know I love you more than anything oh these are all these restaurants I was looking up to eat at oh there's a crossword puzzle there's my COVID test where the fuck oh Judy I've been listening to your podcast every day on my way to work and she got tickets to my show her name is Alyssa E-L-L-I-S-S-A so thank you Alyssa who is Lissy Girl 21 on Instagram. Thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing my show. Let's hope I remember my lines. So, yeah. So that's that's really all I've been um, doing is working on that. So get your asses to my show. Oh, uh, previews begin March 4th. Opening night is March 21st, and it runs through April 16th in New York City at 59E59. Theaters, which is at 59 East 59th Street, in case you didn't fucking know. What else? I I don't know what else to tell you except that um, I really love you for listening. I um, I'm gonna have some uh, upcoming episodes that I think you're gonna enjoy. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy. And as you know, I do this as a labor of love because at this point, you know. It's like become something I do. I make no money and I'm really kind of getting sick of it. So there might be some changes. I'm warning you. I know I've been warning you for a while, but you know, I love doing this, but it does take up a lot of time and the return is. uh, So that's it. I, I don't know what else to say, except I can't believe the direction this country is going in, but I know there's good people out there. I know there's good people, so we have to keep fighting. And um, I, you know, I get nervous because of all this fucking anti-Semitism and racism and the banning of books and these stupid conspiracy theories and everything is so fucking, like, how dumb are we? It's just ridiculous. So, yeah. I don't know what else. I haven't worked out in a week. I have a headache and I really want to lose 20 pounds. So that's, I'm putting that out there. I'm putting that out there. And I'm putting out that I love you all for listening. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram, even though Twitter is really fucked up now. I don't know if anyone else agrees with me. Write to me if you do, because it's like, I see the same shit every day. It's all this right wing crap. I can't tell you know, who's following me or why I don't get to see what I want is, I don't know. It's really fucked up. I'm really getting sick of social media, period. But I'm on it. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. I'm on the TikTok, but I resent every second of it. So that's that. And um, I don't know what to tell you, except that I, I do adore each and every one of you who are listening right now, which I could probably count on my right hand. Cause who the fuck is going to listen to me 
right now at the end of the podcast. I mean, who cares? Um, but I do love you. And I thank you all for your love and support. And as we always say, so long.